Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Distinguished adventurers! Last time on Dungeon Drunks, Jonathan and Travancore go to the library and find a wealth of information about the possible location of the cult they're trying to track down. Bernie and Carlton find out about a ship and a captain in harbor who might be able to make the journey into the middle of winter for them and head to the docks to find the captain and her crew. They find a tavern nearby called the Chubby Duck and enter the rowdy establishment to see <sighs> information they can gather. And that is where we begin tonight. And already my players are making chubby duck noises. I love it so much. <laughs> Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. My name is Lauren. I am also known by Obo Crazy. And tonight I'm drinking a gift from my husband. See, I didn't pick up anything for today. And so I texted him frantically because I didn't have time to go out and said, Luke, please bring me something. And I trust you. He brought me two things, actually. He brought me Jones cane sugar soda in cream soda. Ooh, that's mm. good stuff. And a tiny little thing of fireball. Nice. <laughs> it's on brand. Yeah. And so he said that he had learned that you put the two together and they're delicious. Now, as my players will attest, as I've already made it through most of one of them, it's pretty good. It's not as strong as I think I was expecting because fireball is fireball, as Jonathan knows, but it's pretty darn good. And I'm already on a second one. And so I'm actually dedicating this to John, who is our soda drinker usually, and Jonathan, who is our fireball drinker. And I'm just going to pour one into the other. Watch, watch, watch Ooh. this magic. <laughs> usually that's going right down my throat. Yeah. no. Nope. Isn't it supposed to kind of taste like a cinnamon roll? Yeah. He said a cinnamon roll. And then he also said someone told him ice cream. And hmm. I think it tastes like fireball soda. And it's pretty good. And I'm not going to be upset because i'm on my second one yeah i was just gonna say go soda ball go, <laughs> go, soda ball, go. well with that travancore what are you drinking hey good people of faerun travancore's choice this evening is something that may be familiar to those of you who attended rtx i want to say 2012 ish oh this no is an apple jerry oh dear oh, oh, God. of sailor jerry rum and apple juice that my daughter hasn't really drank that much. We bought with the idea that she was going to have a regular snack, and we totally forgot that it was in the fridge. So if uh, Travancore Jr. is not going to drink it, then Daddy certainly will. Cheers. Yeah, and Apple <laughs> – I, I know it can – the reason everyone's saying oh no is because if you mix almost any liquor with apple juice, you can pour so much liquor in apple juice and not taste it. Oh, yeah. You can do like two thirds liquor and one third apple juice, and you'll still mostly be drinking apple juice in your brain. And it's dangerous. It'll get you so. What was it? Was it RTX so 2014 drunk. or 15 where our good friend Spam Man brought his, <gasps> his uh, apple, apple pie, pie moonshine. moonshine that Ugh. he cut with apple juice? Like, I didn't know that at the time. Like, I thought I was like, oh, hey, I'm drinking apple pie moonshine. No, I was drinking an apple pie moonshine apple juice mix that as jules just pointed out is way more dangerous than just apple pie moonshine i don't know i feel like we would have died if they gave it to us straight <laughs> no because we would have known to stop drinking it that's true 
So it's even more insidious. Yeah, that's also true. Because he powered two different panels that weekend. He powered the Dungeon Drunks panel because we didn't know like that we could bring in drinks. So we didn't bring in that much, and he saved us. And then he also, I think that was one of the last saved us in quotation panels. marks. By the way, yeah, <laughs> he uh, he brought in our last. It brought it in for our last like. Glipshark panel, which uh, the like was half Glipshark and then half hey Q and A with uh with Dungeon Drunk. I miss Pam. He's good people. We need to do that again. Like I, as much as I enjoy playing, we need to do we need to have a Q and A panel. I think that would be fun. I think we should submit that next year. Yeah, the morning after. Yeah, <laughs> Dungeon Drunks. The morning after. I'm vetoing that right now, Jonathan. <laughs> Jonathan, what are you drinking? Hey, it's Jonathan, and I'm playing Jonathan the Magic Muscular, and I'm drunk. Also, <laughs> I am drinking an Up Yours Putin. This one is a is my third one, and it's super stout. It's the last of my freezer vodka because fuck you, Putin. And tonight, shot of Fireball to be consumed at the first casting of Fireball or the equivalent spell of is actually two shots of Fireball in a giant Dave and Buster's glass because I need this tonight. <laughs> and it is dedicated to our friend of the show and patron Raymond Stanek. Yay! Thanks, Raymond. Yay! Yay. Thank you, Raymond, so much for your support. And this double shot of Fireball is for you and for my brain. I love that we're all drinking extra tonight. Well, we need to. <laughs> Wait, this is this is this is an episode full of regret. Bernie, what are you drinking? <laughs> I'm drinking something pretty cool tonight. So we, I also for was like, crap, we're recording, and I don't have anything. But then we went to the LCBO, and I was like, eh, looking at their on sale pumpkin ales because they are. Up here in Canada, they're in full Christmas mode because, of course, there is no holiday to protect November. And I came upon this box. It said, Historic Ales from Scotland. And I thought, how could I not? Mm. And so tonight I am drinking something called a grosette, which is apparently Old Scots for gooseberry. If we have any people who are actually from Scotland, I'm going to apologize in advance. (laughs) Y'all... You know what you you know, right? You know no one can pronounce. Okay. Uh, This is from a Gaelic word that I also can't pronounce correctly called grossied. And since this is according to their pamphlet that came in the box, they gave me a pamphlet. They gave me a pamphlet. So I'm about to drink a gooseberry ale. And apparently since the 16th century, Scottish monks and alewives have brewed a... Indigenous drinks from cereals, wild herbs, and ripe fruit. And uh, we're just going to see if this is any good. And yeah. And if not, then you'll just drink it real fast and get to the next one on the pamphlet. Well, I like the rooster on the label. I just saw that. Oh, no, that's actually my rooster teeth koozie. Oh, oh. I like the rooster on the label of your rooster teeth koozie. I from the coo- so that's the label. Rosé. I like it. Honestly, I don't know what a gooseberry tastes like. So I don't think it tastes. Now you do. Yeah, I don't know. It just tastes like an ale. It tastes like a standardly good ale. It's not as... I was kind of hoping it'd have a little more different flavor. But then I don't know if the point is like... I don't know. Well, you keep you keep trying it out. You let it, you know, you, you get used to the flavor. Maybe you just have to try it a few times. And while you do that... It's a little sour. I've had gooseberry uh, before. It's supposed to be sour. It's like you drink... Yeah. You eat gooseberry by itself and you drink water afterwards. The water tastes sweet because it messes up your, your taste sense so much. Oh. Oh, it's well, one of those things. We'll, okay, we'll see how that that ends up. Yeah, I'll check in. I'll check in with you a little bit later. But for now, let's get to the final member of our team, Carlton. Bit me. I'm I'm joining you kind of in the in the soda realm. What are you drinking? Uh, I'm actually not drinking soda today. Okay. <laughs> what? I'm filling in for you on the soda realm. What are you drinking? 
Uh, I have Marion Blackberry Lemonade from uh, Mod Pizza. Ooh. Ooh. It's I delicious. am a fan of Blackberry. Yes, it is so good. Uh, it's one of the reasons I like going there. Certain times of year they have uh, Marion Berry milkshakes, which is even better. But Wait, Marion Berry milkshakes? Do they have cocaine in them? <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably. <laughs> Only sometimes. Are they running DC into the ground? <laughs> <laughs> These are jokes people are not going to get. I- I'm literally I- making the over my head gesture for the audience to know. audience. Friends, you okay? Here's so here's two reasons you should know who Marion Barry is. Number one, he was the mayor of DC, and he notoriously the just look up Marion Barry. Oh, DC like the city, not the comics. Yeah, the com- <laughs> comics don't have a mayor. False. Wilson Fisk was the mayor of New York City in Marvel comics for well, yes, a while. Yes, but you can't be a mayor of comics. <laughs> Ask Stan Lee. Challenge accepted. Oh, great. I'm moving on. Because we're 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 steering back to the, the the fun land where Bernie and Carlton have just walked into a bar called the Chubby Duck, and if I remember, <laughs> which Jonathan just will, will make the most amazing noises for for the rest of the show. So if I remember correctly, you just walked in, viewed the scene of several dozen inebriated, eccentric sailors. Dock workers, random people, all loudly talking, fighting, drinking, cheering, yelling, and it's it's kind of bedlam. Before you do anything, I would like to know, Bernie and Carlton, what is your intent? Well, I would like to find out the origin of the name The Chubby Duck. Okay. I think honestly, yeah, there sometimes priorities change. Okay. And your DM says something like the chubby duck and I'm like, <laughs> "Well, this I is now the avenue we're going down." This is now the I thought I really thought I took notes. Aha, I did take notes. Look at me. First right. time I've ever done that in Dungeons and Dragons. Valeria tied Turner Langley. I want to find out a little bit about her and if she's in here. Excellent. She would be Captain Langley, right? She would be Captain Valeria Tide Turner Langley. You are 100% correct. Your note taking is on point. For that, I will give you advantage as I need the both of you to make a charisma check. Check or save? A check. Okay. You're not being attacked, so it is a check. Carlton, what did you get? A whopping nine from the half-orc barbarian okay. charisma check. That's not the end of the world. Okay. Bernie, how about you? That's a natural 20 friends, but Praise it's 22. That's a way to start the day. Uh, I'm going to take a drink. You know, roll over my glass. I'm so excited for the next scene where uh, Jonathan the Magic Muscular is suddenly drunk in the library. <laughs> my my headcanon for the chubby duck goes like this. Remember the baby duckling from Tom and Jerry that, you know, Tom tries to eat but then, like, falls in love with because, like, he's so cute. And when the duck finds out that Tom wants to eat it, he's like, well, if mama wants a duck dinner, then mama's gonna get a duck dinner. And then Tom breaks down into tears and starts, like, babying the duck and, like, fa- like basically raises him. I think that the duck is spoiled at that point and then gains a, 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 
obscene amounts of weight and then grows up to become the aforementioned chubby duck and, and, and scene that, thanks for coming to my thanks for coming to my was, ted talk that was dark <laughs> that was dark that that was amazing well the, tom and jerry cartoons got really dark that's a whole different thing though okay carlton and bernie we're not gonna make it through this episode walk into the chubby duck and the camera pulls back away as they walk on in, kind of taking in the scene. The door gently closes behind them as the camera can hear the raucous nature of this bar in the middle of this dock in the city. And it is freezing. And there is just a lot of people in this tiny little space enjoying not being out in the cold. And we watch the sun as it rises a little bit. And like a good hour, hour and a half goes by. And then from down the street, we see Jonathan and Travancore, who have just finished up their time at the the library, have finished successfully getting a lot of really solid information, a couple of maps, and thanks to a, a little bit of asking around, know that Bernie and Carlton have come here. Maybe there is even a sending, who knows? But they know that Bernie and Carlton have arrived at the docks looking for someone in a bar called the chubby duck jonathan and travancore you are walking through the bitter cold feeling a little happy with yourself about what's going on what you've been able to find and you see in the distance the the door to the chubby duck fly open as an incredibly intoxicated patron uh seems to be a, a squirrely man in a big coat that looks like it's seen some weather out in the sea comes stumbling out of the bar, laughing uproariously, falls to his knees, throws up, stands back up, continues to laugh, and then keeps stumbling towards. Jonathan, what you can see is an incredibly impressive ship, the Scarred Serpent. It's within eyeshot of this place, and your knowledge of shipmaking is... lets you know, this is a... You actually think you might remember hearing about this ship. This is one of the few icebreakers that can get through the cold waters in the winter of Waterdeep. What would you like to do? Is the guy who's drunk, is he going to pass within... Let me check the range of the spell. He can pass. You can pass within whatever range you would like. He is moving slowly. He is giggling. He is obviously... He is a happy drunk. And he is not in a hurry. All right. So you can be as close as you would like to him. All right. I am going to get within 10 feet of him. Okay. And as he goes by, I'll be like, Sailor, have a good night. And I cast Prestidigitation on him and clean him up. Okay. I'm going to roll real quick something at disadvantage because he is drunk. Oh, he still rolled really well. Okay. Yeah, he definitely notices and he connects the dots that you cast this this spell and he looks down at his his still really well-worn clothes, but now they are clean and they no longer smell. He is still flat out intoxicated. He goes, thanks, man. (laughs) That was amazing. Hey, no problem, buddy. You have a great night. You too. Sail safe. And he continues his stumble towards the, the ship. Ship's passing in the night, eh, Travancore? <laughs> I, I'm picking up what you're putting down, and I like it. Hey, also ship over there. Imp- you- as impressive as that ship, we, which we will return to, our DM's ability to belch on, on command. That was pretty good, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking amazing. Back in the game. Moving on. Yes, Travancore, that's... Uh, I remember hearing about this ship. It's, uh, it's actually part of the lineage of my parents' uh, 
parents original design the fact that it's that the it's an icebreaker so it's got to be heavy because it has to have momentum to to break ice and be able to move but it also needs to be fast to generate that momentum and the hull design actually allows for both which makes for uh just heavier ships which are better in combat but also better for combating ice wow Yay. it's an ice design if i don't say so myself uh. oh my God, you're the worst you turn into jack when you're drunk i'm i'm just more <laughs> I, yeah like i am more impressed by his family the shipwright family's uh, acumen at dividing ships than i am offended by the pun so <laughs> just sort of like stands there and takes it all in this like huh he looks back at the dude the drunk who just passed by and he said I think I'll have what he's having. And I walk into the bar. Oh, me too. Uh, we, we we earned it. <laughs> yeah, dude, we had our great CBS story break, which I mean, comprehensive Boolean search. <laughs> the two of you walk into the Chubby Duck to what is a kind of an amazing sight. This Bernie bar... has made friends with everyone, correct? The natural oh. 20 charisma role means Bernie is everyone's friend. Oh, wait for this shit. So you walk on in <laughs> and you take in what are two large groups of people in this tiny little kind of rundown bar, but everyone in here looks drunk, happy, cheering, laughing, or passed out. On one side is the bar, and you notice Carlton standing at the bar. He is a little tipsy, and there's a couple people around him, including a bartender. Just a wee bit. Like a little bit, you know, it hasn't been too long. Just a wee bit tipsy. Yeah, just a wee bit tipsy. And he is currently asking questions of the bartender who is finishing up a, a story very loudly. And it, it, you think that maybe this this salty bartender might have been at this story for a while and it might be a little drunk themselves. But this old crusty bartender, wrinkled, looks like he's probably just fresh off a ship himself. Is like, yep. And then it was, he was too cute to eat him and the whole group of sailors including carlton start to laugh and he's like and so came a friend and then when he died i named the bar after him and i miss norbert so much i, I missed the beginning of the norbert story what was it again i'll tell it again <laughs> and everyone seems super happy and he starts to go into so when i was a young lad on the other side of the the room is like everybody else clustered around a table. And when you first enter, they're all really quiet. They're all just standing there, like staring at something. And then within moments after you hear this part of the conversation, everybody erupts in raucous cheering. And you walk on over and, and kind of peer through the crowd and see that at this table, there are three people seated. There is a a very tall, elegant woman in the same kind of long seaman's coat and leggings and hat. Jonathan, you immediately recognize this. This has got to be a captain of a ship. She has straight, long brown hair and these wide, happy brown eyes, like staring across the table at this other figure who seems to be a a dwarf, half his beard like shaved off, who is staring at his cards with this mixture of regret, anger, and like drunken <laughs> resignment. And he puts, throws the cards down. And he looks over at the third figure at the table, who is your friend, 
Bernice Q. Burns. Hey! And then you notice that the, the captain and Bernie have giant piles of money in front of them. And this dwarf who has just thrown down his cards with like this resigned taking whatever he's about to get at, with the best face possible. He's got nothing. He throws down the cards and he looks over at Bernie and he says, the other half? And he pulls out his knife and he slices off the rest of his beard. And Bernie, that was the bet. And he was drunk enough to take it. I had a clarifying question that was answered in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> and Bernie, Captain Valera Tyturns Langley looks at you and grins and says, My dear, we could continue this one-on-one, -on -one, but I feel like stopping here and just getting wasted with what we won would be a better way of showing these cretins how to respect a lady. You know, I'm quite in agreement. Split the pot? Oh, there's no splitting of the pot. Like, the uh, two of you oh, okay. have, like, piles. Like, the two of you have basically been winning. And and it's been an hour and a half of you playing this card game with all these people and telling stories. And people have been listening to you. And, like, you and the captain, who you eventually figure out who she is, are just, like, nobody's, nobody's taking you seriously. And she's a friggin card shark and so at this point there's really you've got about 345 gold in front of you you think she probably has the same amount you came to this table with a pot of 20 gold and she she's looking at you and being like we we should just scoop up our winnings go have another drink what I, you say that sounds delightful and bernie's gonna take a gold piece and slide it over the table and say i to pay for the barber that you will inevitably need he, he takes it and finishes shaving, and it's a it's a crappy job, but he finishes shaving, he throws down his beard, and he takes it, and he goes, It's a fair cup! And he walks on over to the bar. And Jonathan, you and Travancore arrive just in time as Bernie is scooping this money into her bag. Yeah, Bernie hey! is like, like this, and she's like, hey, guys. And Bernie, hey. you're slightly intoxicated, too. Not inebriated, but you're you're getting there. Guess what? What? Drinks what? are on me! Woo! Yay! <laughs> Jonathan the Magic Muscular is about to shoot finger gun fireballs into the air while West style, and just as he's about to, decides not to because he's like, oh, no, too, a little too excited. He's like, puts, him, puts him back in the holster. Valeria uh, finishes scooping up her own winnings, stand up, staggers a tiny little bit and bernie this is the first time the entire time that you have known her in this last hour and a half that she's shown any weakness whatsoever but she's been downing shots of whiskey faster than than you can order tea and she looks at you and she says so these are the friends you were telling me about these two and the the big guy over there who likes the chubby duck story eh yeah, uh, may I present to you Jonathan the Magic Musculars and <laughs> Travancore of Preconum and also now Glenmart. It's complicated, but he's from a couple places. Howdy, ma'am. That's okay. I'm 
I'm from a couple places myself. Yeah, and she holds out a hand and gives you both a, a shake and says, it is a pleasure to make the friendship of this fine young lady because I am a fan of anyone who would put an asshole in their place. Captain Valeria Tide Turner Langley is my name, and I think I owe you a drink. And she brings you on over to the bar where Carlton, the barkeep, is finishing up the story one more time. And he's like, so then, like, he was so cute. And I couldn't, I couldn't. And so I raised him as my own and I named the bar after him. And the, the all the sailors around you cheer and are like, hey. Bernie's going to walk across the bar and she's going to take his hand and pat it. Oh, you have to tell my friend Bernie the story. No, I heard, I heard, I have excellent hearing. And I just, I just think, I just think that what you did, it just touches me in my heart. And she points to the wrong side of her body. <laughs> it does, it does, it does a touch, a good touch, an emotional touch, not a bad touch. I think we need drinks. I agree, says Valeria, and she plunks down a handful of coin, way more than any of you need for any amount of drinks, and says, please, order on me. <gasps> In that case, I will have a black. Don't, don't we, yeah. have, we have double drinks that we're not paying for. Oh, gosh, Travancore has super big anima- anime eyes. <laughs> twinkle, twinkle, twinkle. Also, this is getting better as I drink it. All right. That's good. Uh, Jonathan, real quick. Jonathan the Metamuscular sees how entranced Carlton is with the story. He's going to cast Mage Hand behind him. And he's going to do that really annoying thing that kids did in like middle school and high school where they tap you on one shoulder, but you're not really there. And you look and it's like, ah, you look. You still do that. Yeah. <laughs> That's oh, yeah. not a thing you <laughs> used to do. Oh, That's yeah. That's you do <laughs> now as a human. And yeah, he's going to do that to Carlton. He's going to cast Mage Hand behind him and then tap, tap, tap. <laughs> This is why you cannot have magic powers. (laughs) Jonathan, I need you to roll a stealth check. So I grab, while he's doing that, I'm grabbing two giant ale mugs. Yeah. Sure. I'm getting a thing I need. Sure. I'm turning the Travancore and I'm like, I need you to tie these to my hands. What? And the the barkeep (laughs) says... No, 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 don't bother doing that. You're going to down them too quickly. And then, and then, no, see, a- then I drink them and then you just fill them and they're always in my hands. No, oh, no, no, no. No, no. no. What do you think? We're amateurs. We're kids. No, we got you. This is fine. This is fine. These are professionals. And he pulls out immediately five more mugs. See, you're fine. <laughs> Jonathan, what did you roll? 13. Carlton, what's your passive perception? My passive is a great question. 16 by 16. 16? Yep. I, I was looking for where it's listed on this character sheet. Yeah. You notice Jonathan casting Mage Hand. I feel the tap and I fall for it like once or twice. And then I just like leave like my hand for a fist bump because realizing it's going to come again. And Jonathan the Magic Muscular changed it to a fist bump. Boop. Excellent. And the barkeep looks at Birdie and says, "What and and what you gonna continue to drink?" Oh yes, I would like to continue to have a a a, a black tea with two shots of whiskey. Thank you. I gotcha. And he grabs three shots and he pours all three in your whis- in your tea and pushes it on over. And then he pours another shot and hands it to Valeria and says. Yep, you just you just keep it coming. I'll keep it coming. This is the most fun I've had on a on a random night in a while. And Valeria is just like, 
I got you, my friend. And she sits down next to you, Bernie, and she says, so tea and whiskey, really? Yeah, you know, it's actually, if it's the right amount, and she just kind of like swirls it a bit and shrugs. She's like, it's actually really good. I'll take your word for it, but I tend to like mine not diluted. And she shoots hers, puts it down, grimaces a little bit. It's Bernie, you know, it's not the best. It's not like crazy bad whiskey, but it's not like amazing stuff. They don't really have amazing stuff here. We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idol Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's an official, free-to-play Dungeons & Dragons-based clicker game that you can download right now on Steam and is now available on Xbox One and PlayStation 4. I usually have the game running in the background while I edit audio for this podcast, and it's always exciting to open chests to see what new gear my champions have. Speaking of chests... Thanks to the fine folk who make Idol Champions, we're fortunate enough to be able to offer a free gold chest to all of our listeners. And if you keep listening to this episode, you'll hear a second code as we celebrate the holidays with double the loot. Now this code expires on December 16th, 2018 at 8 p.m. Pacific, so you only have a week to redeem once this episode is posted. Open up your game, go to the shop, and type in this code. M-I-D-S O-F-A-Y-J-I-B-B-D-O-Z-Y. So use that code and let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops. Back to the show. And she looks at all of you as you sit and says, So, I hear your fate changers. Fate changers, god pawns, mercenaries, and I have a whole list of, uh... Like Carlton's and friends. Yeah, <laughs> we sometimes have a Saturday morning children's show called Carlton Friends, but it got canceled because someone died. Because of all the death. And the drinking. Apparently death and drinking, not cool for Saturday morning. I mean, in the 80s, when Disney went through its emo phase, it was, but, you know, not anymore. Eh, you know, you you just need to be on the right ship, that's all. So, speaking of ships, I'm going to make some presumptions here, and I'm sorry. Uh, Captain, or actually, no, I heard her refer to herself as Captain, right? She introduced herself yeah, as Captain Valeria. Captain, yep. uh, Captain is, that, uh, is that most impressive ship outside yours? The Scarred Serpent? Yep, she's mine. I know of her. You do? Yeah, my... My parents were our shipwrights, and uh, the they mentioned in a letter that, that a ship had been commissioned that was a lineage of their design called the the Scarred Serpent. So, and and so I, I I've heard of it. So, and it looks it looks as fine in person as I as I was told led to believe. She gives you an appraising look, and like before, it was mostly. F- like friendly and open because of this relationship that she's forged with Bernie taking everybody for their money. But now she like sobers a moment and gives you a long look and says, you're the shipwrights boy. Uh, I wouldn't say that too loudly. I've kind of got a rep, but yeah, yeah. It's me. You're a what? You're I'm a... surprised. You're a what? <laughs> what I, what? Uh, I'm, I'm magical and muscular. I, I'm right. Fine. I'm built right. 
Jonathan, I can't hear all the way down on this end. And she is literally like right next to him. Who was your <laughs> she's daddy? Like, she's like yelling. <laughs> Who was your daddy? What does he do? Face. Like she's on all fours on the table. Like, Jonathan. <laughs> Who was your daddy, Jonathan? Who's your daddy? Is it bad here? I was going to say to the captain, like, to as a side, like, sometimes you want to stand on your own two feet, not on your own na- on your on your last name. That's kind of Jonathan's deal. She looks like before Travancore said that she looked like she was going to argue with you, Jonathan. And then Travancore says that he and she regards him for a second and then nods and says, "All right," and in a slightly softer voice says, "I don't know why you'd want to." not be known that's a good family you come from you're not going to find anyone in this bar who isn't going to be impressed that you're you're their boy but i know and 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 i'm not not ashamed of my family at all i'm quite proud of what they've managed to do and what it's gotten us but it's it's one of those things where they have a world and i've decided to go into a different world and as she as he says this he kind of like he takes a little flame and like like kind of works it down his fingers and back into his hand and i i have a different skill set all right i can respect that i I got a bit of that myself my my family were farmers and my dad certainly wanted me to work the fields with him but you know when you feel the call you feel the call to the sea there's not much you can do especially when it's in sight yeah I, i i can i can respect that and she kind of perks up a little bit more raises her voice a little bit and says so bernie walked into this bar and cleaned most of my crew out and it it seems like we've been looking to take on some work and i gather you might be looking to provide we are looking to take a trip hmm she looks back at you bernie and says a dangerous one question it depends on your definition of dangerous we found many definitions of dangerous in our travels yeah several layers my definition of dangerous is if you're not going to answer that question it must be dangerous well actually here's the thing it's just more of like dangerous did you just say let's get dangerous 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 I, I, uh, I should probably have some water. Guilty Martin needs the serum so she won't get kidnapped. <laughs> I go to the barkeep and I'm like, I need your lightest beer so I don't get a hangover. He hands, he, he goes, I don't have that shit. And he, he will hand over water to everybody before he hands around the next round of drinks. And Valeria is still looking at you, Bernie. Well, here's the thing. So usually we say that not because it is dangerous, but just because we're not 100% sure where it falls on the danger level. There's some islands, an archipelago, archipelago, the current archipelago. There we go, archipelago. Ah. I thought it was an arpeggio. No. It can be both. <laughs> it's all of those things, my friends. Ah, the Corinne Archipelago. The bunch of rocks in the northern part of the middle of nowhere. Why are you heading there? Well. Vacation. Vacation, really? <laughs> she looks at you. Dangerous she, vacation. She looks at you, Carlton. 
and gauges your level of inebriation and turns back to Bernie and says, please continue. (laughs) (laughs) That's the right answer, Captain. That's about accurate. Honestly, that is always the right answer. Well, we sort of are... Someone has asked us to take care of something for them, and I'm not sure how much we can divulge. Uh, that could just be in canon, that burp. Um, <laughs> all the burps. Every burp. I'm just calling this episode Burpamania. Keep going. Jonathan, you, you spent today uh, doing a good deal of, of, of librarying. That's a verb. And what would you say about what we are trying to achieve? Well, we're trying to get to one of the islands. We're not specifically sure where, but as long as we can get fairly close to the to the Korean archipelago, we can kind of take it from there. Like Bernie said, we're not sure of the danger level, so we kind of want to set expectations that we're not sure of the danger level. So getting in the neighborhood of the archipelago would probably be sufficient and we can probably and we can find our way back we just need to actually get semi-close all right well the archipelago's a lot of islands some of them are just you know a rock in the ocean and some of them actually are worth landing on and she reaches into her pocket and pulls out a, a thick leather book that looks crusted with seawater and has definitely seen wear and tear and she opens she pulls off the the leather binding and opens it on the bar in front of you and starts to thumb through some maps and all of you recognize these as a a variety of maps most of them are obviously uh ship trading routes and reef maps and mostly out in the ocean all the way up to the spine of the world, down to Chult. She's She's got maps pretty much spanning the Sword Coast. And she pulls out a map that includes the, the coast of where Waterdeep is out to this archipelago and down into where, where Jonathan is from, actually. And she kind of circles with her finger a series of islands. And she goes, you've got something more than just this? And she's... the part she's circling is like two, three dozen different little tiny islands. Travancore is actually going to point out the island that he identified as the most likely uh, place that they're, what they're doing is, although not addressing what they're doing is at this juncture just yet. Okay. You yeah, pointed out. That's kind of the target. Sorry. Uh, as Travancore points it out, it's like that's sort of the island that we're angling for, but it's probably better that we don't land there. If we landed on a nearby island, maybe one that's that is of interest to you or that's just safer to land at we can take it from there yeah well none of these are really safe to land at this island that you're looking to go to pretty small and uh, none of them have a dock none of them have even a sandy beach to really beach up on especially a beast like i got she points back out towards her ship so most likely I'd get within, you know, five, six hundred yards, get you in a dinghy, send you off on your way. <laughs> she doesn't even bat an eye Carlton. like she's heard that, yeah. And she goes, That if if you're not needing a ride back, then 
I mean, I can get you there a couple days pretty easy as long as the weather doesn't get too bad and then we can negotiate for the price of the dinghy. But that, that'd be your best bet. You don't want me beaching anywhere near that. I don't want to be beaching anywhere near that. Yeah, that's fine. We can... We don't even really... Do we need the dinghy? We might not. We might not need the dinghy, but... Um... Well, and she gives you, she gives you a look and she <laughs> says, Before we decide what you need and what you don't, I need a little more information. Most definitely... So you're looking for the dragon's hoard. Well, she gives you all a wait, very what? long appraising look. Uh, we're looking for some people who are looking for the dragon's hoard. We think we think that someone, believe me, uh, you can probably tell what we're about. And finding the dragon hoard would be amazing. That would be fantastic. That would be real nice. However. That's not the primary objective, although we think we may have... Actually, uh, before Jonathan the Muscular says anything more, he wants to try and incite her to make sure that they're not going to get, like, like, get out there and then, you know, throat slit, throw it under the ocean, that sort of thing. Good. I'd like you... First, actually, roll me a history check. All right. Uh, My history is pretty... Darn good. Especially in this uh, case. 22. Excellent. Now roll me an insight check. Uh, that's not quite as good because I am not as good as at insight. Insight, 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 insight. That's a 14. Excellent. So here's what happens. You kind of stop mid-sentence, give her an appraising look. She's hard to read. She's obviously a little interested. She's definitely not as drunk as you would hope to get information from her. However, as you're trying to read her, what you do is remember information about her. And you actually have heard of her now that you've kind of had a a chance to relax a little bit and um, you've taken this moment to really appraise her. And yeah, you've heard of this woman and you've heard of the sea serpent and you know that your family wouldn't have sold this sh- so the the ship that they sold to her not only is it an impressive vessel but the special dwarven plate on the front that allows it to be the icebreaker that it is your family actually runs a a pretty extensive background check would be the wor- word for it but like looking into the history of the person looking to buy it because the last thing they want to do is sell it to pirates Because especially when the ice comes in and there are very few ships that can break through the ice and continue trade routes, they want to make sure that the the pirates are at a disadvantage. And so, you know, this this woman and this captain in the ship have proven themselves to be trustworthy. They are a a crew and a, a known commodity up and down the sword coast and you actually remember that this is a woman who specializes not in normal trade routes anyone can do that but in emergency routes or uh specialty packages or high profile things but all above board in fact, you think that maybe she's even worked a little bit for some of the, the Mass Lords of Waterdeep. So while you can't read her, you remember what she's about. Okay. 
And so you're pretty sure this isn't someone who's going to screw you over. If anything, it's the opposite. You might have to prove to her that you are worthy of taking this trip before she'll put her crew in danger. I'm going to have to prove that I'm a sea right. All right, or shipwright. Okay. Or that you are good for what you say you're good for, that you're not trying to do anything untowards. Like, she might be willing to take some secrecy, but if she doesn't trust you, she's just going to turn you down. So at this point, Jonathan the Man of Muscular pauses and he kind of leans in and he says, we've been given information that there's a cult operating on the island. And we've been tasked with getting an object from them, an instrument of great power. Uh, getting it for one of the one of the masters at the uh, at the Amethyst Acropolis. Travicor and I did some research, and we think we think that we may have discovered a likely location for the Dragon Horde. And further, we think that this cult it makes sense to us that they would be operating out of an already established place to live, like to carve out a new like base of operations would be rather hard. But if a white dragon has already done the work and they're not interested in material wealth, it makes for a good place to hide. Even though everyone is looking for it, nobody can find it. But we think we found it. Now, we have a way to get in there unseen. And with we don't want to, we don't know what how powerful they are. We know there are, we know they're a cult. We know that they've managed to wrangle whatever this is. If it turns out to be the Dragon Horde, I know who you are now. We may decide we had plans for getting out of there, but if it is the Horde and we're able to secure it, we can let you know. You can get a cut. She looks at you for a little bit as you say this, and then she looks back over at you, Bernie, and she says, what do you say about this? Well, we're going in there for the cult and the thing, the cult, the cult, the cult and the item they stole first and foremost. But, you know, I wouldn't be adverse to offering you a little bit of hazard pay if we do end up being able to secure the horde. The problem is we can't actually guarantee that there will be a horde. We can probably guarantee that there will be a cult given their recent nefarious activities. But we can't guarantee a horde. Fair enough. She looks at you, Travancore, and she says, and you just want the thing? You're just looking for this instrument? That's all we're sent for. Everything else is secondary, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, everything else is sort of icing. Hopefully good icing. Not terrible. Not, not Experimental icing. Maybe a nice buttercream. Wait, buttercream would be good. No fondant. You know, I mean, it looks oh, no, really no, nice, no, but like, no, no. no fondant. Like, Gross. fondant's the greatest way to root to do terribly beautiful things to a wonderful tasting cake. Lauren loves fondant, but for the sake of <laughs> really, this, I know for the sake for the sake of this relationship in this D and D game, Valeria will just kind of nod in agreement, but. Lauren actually really likes fondant. You're having a buttercream <laughs> wedding cake. Oh, I like that too. I like that. I'm not saying one's better than the other. I'm just saying uh, that Valeria then looks at you, Carlton, and says, who's the cult? Dingy. 
<laughs> who's who's the cult? Uh, it was it was it was a cult hey, of Bahamut. I did. I got it. I got it. Yeah, cultist uh, of Baphomet. Baphomet. Yeah. Baphomet sounds like a kid's game Bath- from Bath- the 90s. Baphomet. Baphomet. Baphomet sounds like a horrible Muppet character on the canceled show Carlton and Friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cult of the Bathman. You say Baphomet and then joke about Baphomet and she nods and she says, all right, it's a worthy cause. I'm not going to ask for a cut. I respect the fact that you don't know whether what what's down there. Most most people would try to sway with riches and gold, and if if you're honest enough to know that all that might be down there is a bunch of assholes who are trying to stab you back, I can respect that. We can be ready whenever you need. It's going to take maybe about an hour to get out of dock. It's about a two and a half day trip. I can get you out there, no problem. I can hang around if you want. I'll lend you a dinghy. I'll give it to you <laughs> and let you let you go if you think you got a way back. Or I'll stick around and be ready to get out of there at a moment's notice. It's gonna be thirty gold pieces a person a day. Fair. Good thing Bernie just won all that money gambling with your people. <laughs> yeah, that's true. She she looks back at you, Bernie, and she says, "I know. It's good that you did. I respect that." Also, I could throw in the fact that I won't take their money for them for the duration of a trip. That seems pretty fair. <laughs> oh, on the ship, no. We have pretty strict rules about gambling is only for, for pennies. We don't, we don't, because that's the last thing you need on a ship when you can't walk away, when you can't be drinking that way. No, we don't What you should it. do is you should get those gold coins that are actually chocolate on the inside and then gamble with those. She looks yeah. at you and she says... When the weather isn't shit, absolutely. Yeah. Unit cohesion, we understand. Exactly. I... Out here, we, we blow off all the steam. We have fun. My 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 people are, are happy and willing and able to do whatever they want. But once we're on that ship, you're part of my crew. And they're my crew. And no matter what happens, we protect each other. And the first thing is the people, and the second thing is the ship, and the third is whatever you're up to. You get me? I'm picking up what you're putting down. Sounds very familiar, in fact. Um, understood, Captain. Yes. Well then, if we're on the same page, she holds out a hand to whoever wants to shake it. The oh, the Bernie makes sense, too. Bernie will yeah. shake her hand. Okay. She'll shake and she says, when would you like us to be ready? Uh, question: How much longer do we have on the uh, on the token? At this point, you've probably got about ten days. I want to say it's still a while. She's offered to take you out there and wait, or and and ferry you back if if you would like. And she'll she'll say she'll give you some details because she has no idea. You've just said you might not need a, a trip back, but she'll say it's about two two and a half days to get out there, barring craziness. So same thing on the way back. Um, that she's willing to wait around for at most 10 days that she'll circle the archipelago waiting for a signal from you to come pick you up. Or if you want to let her go, she'll drop you off and leave. But if you try to contact her and she's, you know, 
down at Baldur's Gate or something, she can't guarantee that she's going to be able to come and get you. But she's happy to wait around for at least 10 days. And if if you contact her while you're still on the island and prove that you're still alive, uh, she'll wait around even longer. This presents us with some some opportunities. So we're not paying her until we get on the ship, right? She's not asked for any money yet. She's just said 30 gold a day per person. Guys, I mean, I think... Why don't we just take our time preparing, see if we can do any more research, and give it the full 10 days before it's ready. I think they would probably like another week of rest. Yeah. She looks at you and she says, I would be more than happy to wait around for 10 days, but that's not going to happen. If we get another gig and we're going to get another gig, we're going to be gone. What if I give you a down, what if I give you a down payment to get you to wait for 10 days? How much would it take? Well, no, she only has to wait for eight. Hold on. Or Actually, might be the whole thing at ten, and then two eight days, days to get there. Because it, it's a two-day journey. Eight, seven and a half days. Roll a persuasion check, Travancore. Detective Travancore persuades. I just like putting everything under the brand of Detective Travancore. I feel like he's going to have his own brand of clothing eventually in, in favor. Maybe that's what that could be the show after Carlton and Friends, Detective Travancore. <laughs> I still have that Baphomet like puppet stuck in my head. Bring it all down. Oh, seven. <laughs> so apparently you made your argument just like that. Yeah, Baphomet <laughs> ruined my role because oh, I was man. too reliant on civilization. He also ruined the Templars. Yeah. She looks at you and she says, I'd like to help you, but the only way that we make a living is by taking these kind of jobs. I don't have a regular trading route. And I'm willing to give you a little bit of a discount if you want to go, but I can't guarantee, even with a down payment, Two days or so, so we can get our affairs in order? Yeah, two days might be... Two days, I think, will work. And we'll just... We gotta gotta make sure we get the horses taken care of. We gotta get the lemon tree taken care of. Yeah. We gotta get the horses taken care of. (laughs) I think we can work with that. We we had made other plans, but we had decided that... to, To explore other options. And quite... Frankly, a trip on the Scarred Serpent is just tempting enough as is. We'll meet tomorrow. We'll go over the specifics of what Travancore and I have learned. And then uh, and then how about the day after we set out? Jonathan, roll a persuasion check. Is there any way to help him or give, aid give her advantage or anything? Dear like Lord. Sadly, with your roll from before, no. Wow. How about one of the other two? Persuade. Can I give help since I say we gotta get our affairs in order, take care of the horses, and take care of or, the horses? Or her, in her, this new, case, her new best buddy. You made a persuasive enough argument, and, and Bernie's there that she'll let you try again. The fact that she's letting you try again is because of all of that, so no. Oh, not at all. Okay, uh, it's an 11. Okay. All 11. Not tomorrow, but morning of the next day. Morning of the next day. That way we can plan, we can give you as much information as we can tomorrow, we can take our time, and then and then head out the next day. It'd be 20 gold a day to wait. You okay with that? I pony it up right then and there. She takes it. Mark 40 gold off my sheet. She says, on the 30th of Hammer, we depart. We depart. See, that's such a great time to go. It just says 30th of Hammer. That sounds great. And then Carlton just like falls onto the floor. <laughs> he face plants and over his body, uh, so she takes the gold and then reaches out to Travancore as he's been the one to put down essentially the down payment and shakes your hand and says, on the 30th, 
Two and a half days from now we leave. This guard serpent is yours. And that's where we'll pause. And next time we get together, it will be basically, I want to know what you, you're going to do for the next two and a half days. And, and we'll take care of any last minute business that you have. And then it's time to take a, a ride on a ship. Ooh. But let me give you some experience. And let me take this double shot of fireball. Excuse me. I was thinking at the beginning, I'm like, if he gets drunk enough and shoots off a fireball in here, that could be funny. But I figured Ooh. you might. Yeah. You might as well Ooh. send like a high level sending for that kind of penalty. <laughs> 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 there was, there was a, a, a moment. Okay, so for. Oh, you do got to tell Darvine we're leaving again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you got two and a half days this time, so so we'll pick up next time. Uh, think about what you want to do, and unless there's anything we absolutely have to RP through, you just tell me this is what we did over the last two and a half days, and we'll pick up in the morning. Yeah. So for uh, some excellent, excellent RP and and letting me do a little bit of of time jumping around for uh, Jonathan <laughs> revealing some of his backstory in a very interesting way, in a fun way. And uh, for Bernie, charming the pants off of everyone in the bar. And the beard off of one person. One roll tonight, and that was all I needed. And it was an amazing roll. And I I figured that the way you were, you were going to do okay out of it, if not really well. But a natural 20 meant that this entire bar was eaten out of your hands. (laughs) And this could have gone in a couple different ways, and that was the beautiful way to go. I'm going to give you a total of 3,200 experience to split between the four of you. And next time, it's a trip onto the open ocean on the sky. Down memory lane for some of us. And down memory lane. (laughs) Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, visit us at DungeonDrunks.com for links to all of our social media, pictures and bio of our cast, a full list of credits, and more. We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit Patreon.com slash DungeonDrunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons, and extend a special thanks to our Artifact and Wondrous Tier patrons. Thank you Megan, Lori, aka Calamity Jane, That Indian Dude, Colin Kalen, and Hunted Shadows, LLC. Oh hi, remember when I said that we're going to have a second Idol Champions code for you? Well guess what? This is the spot right here. Go ahead and put in Dungeon Drunks DEC. That's D U N G E O N D R U N K S D E C to get another gold chest for Idol Champions of the Forgotten Realms. And happy everything! <laughs>